Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. A wild week in sports. COVID is uh, is making its rounds. So last week got pretty bad leading up to uh, this slate of Sunday football games. We were supposed to have two games Saturday. Ended up only being one. Uh, it was the Vegas Raiders and the Browns got moved to last night, actually. I'm recording this on Tuesday, so haven't seen the uh the, the there's two slated games tonight it's uh like seahawks and uh the rams who is it it's the seahawks and uh rams and washington and eagles at both at seven so haven't seen those yet however the rest of the league got pounded by covid man uh everyone i think they had at one point it was over a hundred players in protocol. So it, it ramped up to the point where they're like, okay, well, they're not canceling games. Uh, it's too late in the season. That would require the Super Bowl being even later. It was like, there's just no way they were doing that. So they moved the games around. And now we have Tuesday football, which is honestly kind of nice. Uh, but a couple games got moved around. We had one game move from uh, Sunday to Monday. And then another game moved from Saturday to Monday. A couple games moved to Tuesday. It was a whole big thing. Uh, but it all worked out. All the games are going to be played somehow. And the NFL isn't the only league dealing with this, obviously. Um, these new variants are causing a whole lot of trouble for the entire world. So, And especially the United States. Um, the NHL postponed games until after Christmas. Um, I believe they intend to start after Christmas. I don't think it's going to be till like after the new year. It's after Christmas. So that's like, you know, four or five days of, they did this, I think a couple days ago. So four or five days of missing games, which is alarming. Uh, you know, they, they did set, a. it's, I guess a little comforting that they set a deadline. Like, okay, we're going to come back after Christmas. Fine. Sure. Um, the NBA people are entering health and safety protocols left and right. Uh, the Nets were like, let's bring Kyrie back. And then I saw he immediately went into health and safety. Durant's there. Harden's there. Like, so many people, so many players, regardless of vaccination status, are in health and safety protocol. It's a goddamn mess. Um, and this happened last year, too, in 2020. Uh, things seem to be getting a little bit better during the summer. I, I guess that's because a lot of people are outside. It's okay. Um, and then wintertime comes around, especially the holiday season. And from Thanksgiving to New Year's, there was a huge spike in COVID cases. Um, here in New York, I know it's probably, you know, they had SantaCon. In New York City, which is, if you don't know what that is, just people walking around in Santa outfits and like red hats and, and jackets, whatever the hell. Uh, it's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. People are on top of each other in these bars and everything. And that is definitely, uh, you could probably point to that and say that that definitely contributed to the cases of uh, COVID spiking. But it's all a mess. It's all a shit show. No idea when this is going to end, but we'll probably be going around this, you know, for the rest of my life. 
hopefully not. Uh, that is definitely a hyperbole, I hope. Um, but what's not a hyperbole is that cases are spiking. Um, Adam Silver for the NBA, he has no intentions of pausing the season. So right now we just have the NHL decided to do that. Uh, Adam Silver said there's no plans for the NBA. And then the NFL, of course, right now they're at the home stretch of their season. It's a little bit easier for them, I guess, because they're playing once a week. So there's always a chance that when someone enters health and safety protocol, if it's early enough in the week, you know, they, if they're vaccinated, you have to provide two negative tests within 24 hours or uh, 24 hours apart from each other. So there's always a chance that in the NFL, if someone goes into health and safety or they, or anything like that, um, they get to at least have a chance of playing in the NBA and the NHL. It's a little different because you're playing like pretty much every other night or twice in three or four days, you know? So those are ending up being a lot of games. Uh, So to pause, it's a big deal, which is the NHL decided to take that step. The NBA doesn't want to. And the NFL, like I said, there's no shot they ever try and do that. If anything, for the next couple weeks, maybe we might have to deal with this whole uh, schedule rearrangement where some games are going to be played on whatever different days. If they have to get moved, they have to get moved. Unfortunately for some of these teams, you know, the the Rams, the LA Rams were completely decimated by COVID for a a hot minute. Um, And now they finally got people cleared uh, and they're going to be playing on Tuesday. Even uh, the Seahawks had some players on the COVID list. So now these two teams, they're playing on Tuesday, uh, Washington and, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia was pissed because, you know, they didn't have any problems with COVID. Uh, They were actually one of the few teams that didn't have to worry about their team completely combusting. Uh, The Rams were one of those teams, right? So the Eagles were fine. They were ready to go. But Washington had a little COVID outbreak. Heineke, I think, was on COVID. Uh, They're going to have like their third stringer playing um, like the Niners did the other night. They had uh, Nick Mullins playing quarterback because uh, Garoppolo, Trey Lance, I think, is still injured and Garoppolo got COVID. So. The Eagles were fine. Washington had a COVID thing and they had to be postponed. And the Eagles kind of put their hands up like, well, now we're screwed. That sucks for us because we were ready to go. And now these team, this, they didn't like follow protocols or for whatever the reason. So now we have to play on Tuesday and then turn around again and play on Sunday, which obviously sucks because Monday's, you know, Monday's a short week and that's, that's tough, obviously. But Tuesday, you know, even more so. You're only getting like three or four, you're only getting three, four days off. Maybe a practice or two if you're really trying to run guys dry, but like it's, it sucks for those teams. So the Eagles have to suffer with that. Not that I feel bad for the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. Um, I'm glad this happened to them, but you could see where like that, that fairness drops in, you know? Uh, but it is what it is. So now, as a fan, it's like I got two games on Monday. I got two games on Tuesday. We had a game on Thursday, a couple games on Saturday. Like it's a whole week full filled with football, which I'm not too upset about, to be honest. As for the week 15 games, uh, Chargers 
lost to the Chiefs in overtime. Huge divisional game for them. They dropped to 8-6. and six. Chiefs are 10-4. and four, And I believe now, according to Vegas, are have reclaimed the Super Bowl favorites odds. And uh, that is in no short part because their defense is playing out of their mind. Saturday night, the one game that got played, Patriots-Colts. Colts kind of exposed Mac Jones. He had to throw the ball 45 times, complete 26 passes, threw two interceptions. The Colts kind of did what the Patriots did to the Bills. Carson Wentz was 5 for 12 with 57 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Jonathan Taylor ran wild, 29 carries, 170 yards and a touchdown. Colts are now 8 and 6, Pats 9 and 5. They lose the top seed in the AFC. As for Sunday's games, the Giants, it's going to be Jake Fromm. From now on, I think uh he should get the nod. I don't know if they announced it yet, but he should get the start next week because Mike Lennon is an embarrassment to this franchise. The fact that we trotted him out there like what the past three weeks? Embarrassing. Totally and utterly embarrassing. He actually might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. That's no small exaggeration. Uh 13 to 24, 99 yards and three interceptions for Mike Lennon. Like the guy just does not know how to play quarterback. He has like, I think uh, I saw stats circulating. It was one win in the past, like, six years. And he somehow made millions and millions and millions of dollars in the NFL. It's, it's pathetic. Jake Fromm came in immediately. The offense looked better. Immediately. And I'm not saying he's, like, very good or that the, it's going to fix the offense. By no stretch am I saying that. But at least we get to see, like, what the kid can do, you know, make it somewhat entertaining. We know what Mike Lennon is. We know he sucks. We know he's bad. But like Jake Fromm, no one's really seen a whole lot of Jake Fromm since his days at Georgia. So give the kid a shot. Let him try and show you what he can do. Maybe he can make a little bit of a name for himself and get himself a backup gig, you know, as a career backup. That that would be great for him. Um Kind of like Mike White with the Jets this past year. Kid's probably going to go get signed somewhere and be a, a backup for a team and, and make maybe a couple million dollars. <laughs> Good for him. We'll see if Jake Fromm can do that uh, and maybe even try and prove himself a little bit in the, in the running for, for that. But uh, Daniel Jones shut down for the season officially uh, because of that neck injury. Hopefully it, it doesn't linger that much longer other than like the the regular season I, w- I would like to see Daniel Jones be healthy but who knows uh at this point the Giants have currently two top five picks um take two offensive linemen or an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman split I don't care uh but right now you have two top five picks because the Bears are kind enough to suck equally as much as the Giants both teams four and ten uh so Let's just run through the rest of the games. Bills beat the Panthers, whatever. Lions beat the Cardinals, which was insane. They, they not only beat the Cardinals, they embarrassed them. 30-12, uh, to 12, they were all over Kyler Murray. He was 23 of 41 throwing the football. They couldn't really run the ball. They couldn't score really at all. Like The Lions defense played... Out of their minds. 
So, I, I, Jared Goff, easily the best game of his uh, his season. 21-26, 216 yards and three touchdowns. I'm on Ross St. Brown at eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. The Lions just played well. They, they looked like a well-coached, competent football team that was playing solid defense and good offense. 30-12, to 12, they beat the, Car- the Cardinals. Like, you were kind of waiting all game. When are the Cardinals going to start coming back and, like, blow, blow out the Lions? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? It just never did. So I, I give a lot of credit for the Lions. That's uh, two wins in three weeks. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. And that's a very impressive win, too. Uh, Dolphins beat the Jets. Jets kind of showed some life in this game, which was shocking. Um, but the Dolphins come out on top 31-24. to Tua had a couple bad picks, but other than that, Dolphins were good. They extend their winning streak streak to six and now suddenly the Dolphins who were had one of the worst records in all of football are now seven and seven at Christmas it's pretty wild Steelers beat the Titans the Titans could not stop turning the ball over uh they they had a ton a ton of turnovers four to be exact Tannehill had a pick and then they had three lost fumbles they had five total fumbles on the day but they recovered two of them so three lost fumbles uh, Tannehill actually had uh, two turnovers. He had to pick, and also he fumbled the ball. Uh, so not a good day. Very sloppy day for the Titans. Uh, plenty of opportunities to win it coming down the stretch and in the fourth quarter, and they just couldn't make it happen. So the Steelers survived. They're 7-6-1. and one. Titans are 9-5. and five. Uh, Texans beat the shit out of the Jaguars, and the Jaguars actually... You know, maybe Urban Meyer was right. Maybe they are just a bunch of losers. Like, I don't know. Because uh, you got dominated by the second worst team in the league. And right a year after having the number one overall pick, you were about to have the number one overall pick again. Which, obviously, when you draft a quarterback that's supposed to be can't miss number one overall, you expect to win at least, like, five or six games. You know, there's just no way you expect to have the number one pick the immediate year after. <laughs> it's just not something that's very ideal for an organization. Uh, but they are 2-12. and 12. Texans 3-11. and 11. The Texans won 30-16, dude. That's gross. Uh, the Bengals beat the Broncos. This one was kind of, kind of sloppy, too. Teddy Bridgewater left this game with an injury, but and he was taken to a hospital. Uh, I think he had he was diagnosed with a concussion, but that's about it. He was fine, all extremities, all good. But he was carted off the field, so that was definitely uh, a bit alarming. But he seems to be okay. Uh, as for the Bengals, their offense has not been looking very consistent of late. Uh, they lost last week in overtime to the Niners, and then the week before that to the Chargers. It was kind of weird. So they, they exploded on the Steelers and then have been kind of choppy in the preceding weeks. And we'll see if they can get it back together. They have a tough schedule at the end of the year here. Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns. Uh, but they are in the hunt. They're, they're right in it. Playoffs are... They're, they're there for the taking, you know? They're right there. It's not like they have an outside shot looking in. They're in the muck of it. Niners beat the Brakes off the Falcons. Uh, Packers beat the Ravens. In a game that should have went into overtime, but for the second time in three weeks, he did it against the Steelers, and he did it this week. 
John Harbaugh elected to go for the two-point conversion and the win against the Packers rather than kick the extra point and most likely send it into overtime. They don't get it, but if you look at this game as a Ravens fan, it's frustrating because with the Steelers game and then with this game, who knows how those turn out if they go into overtime. Maybe it's the same result, you lose, but maybe you win. And John Harbaugh just decided to say, no, I don't want to even try and do that. Let's go for the win here and now, which I respect. But now you're 0 for 2. So I would imagine in the last couple of weeks of the season here, if a scenario were like, like this were to happen a third time, he would probably kick the field goal and just send it into overtime. Um, I, I get both scenarios, though, because against the Steelers, it's like divisional opponent. You're trying to get your leg up. You want to crush them, crush their spirits, crush their, uh, their momentum, and, and put them in the dirt right there, make the two-point conversion. Like, you just drove down the field with an impressive drive. You scored a touchdown as clock was pretty much expired. You want to get the, the two-point conversion and end them right there. I get it because it's a divisional game. It didn't work. Whatever. This week against the Packers was more of a head-scratcher than with the one against the Steelers I can rationalize. This one was a bit of a head-scratcher because you have Tyler Huntley, who's kind of playing out of his mind, uh, a second-string quarterback. He's hanging 30 on the Packers' defense, a good Packers' defense. He had two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. I don't think, uh, I think I, I saw Lamar Jackson hasn't even done that. So he's dynamic all over the field. He's playing out of his mind. You have 30 up against Green Bay. Again, another like not a whole lot of time on the clock, drive down the field, score. You got the momentum. In that point in time, you have the momentum and you think that maybe someone would just say, hey, John, listen, it didn't work out last time. Let's I, I get what you want to do with the Steelers, but this is the Packers. Let's just kick the field goal and play for overtime because this the the Ravens defense kind of uh, tightened themselves up there at the end of the game to allow the Ravens back in it. Uh, and it just, I, I don't know, man. I, it kind of, it, it, uh, it, it made me scratching my head because, like I said, I, I get it with the Steelers. That's a divisional game. It, it, there's just a lot of rivalry there. But against the Packers, this is a team, they're 11-3. and Now they're 11-3. They were 10-3. and Try and play for overtime. I, I just don't really see why there's a reason to go for two in that scenario. But they did. Didn't work. I said Tyler Huntley had a day. 28 of 40, 215 yards and two touchdowns through the air. And 73 yards on 13 carries and two touchdowns on the ground. Mark Andrews was his guy. 10 catches, 136 yards and two touchdowns for Mark Andrews. Tough loss for the Ravens. Now they fall to 0-6. And the AFC North is... Just a complete slop fest, honestly. Um, the Sunday night game, Saints, Bucks, Tom Brady shut out by New Orleans. I don't know what it is with this New Orleans team, but they have no Sean Payton. Uh, I think he had COVID. So uh, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, was the acting head coach for the Saints. 
Uh, we saw Tom Brady kind of jog over passing on the sidelines after the Saints stopped him on fourth down. And it appears like he said, go fuck yourself to Dennis, Dennis Allen. Was not flagged for taunting, which is like you're walking over to the opponent's sideline and clearly saying something to the coach. How is that not taunting? Like, if it's a rule, it's, be, it's, it's for that reason. Like, that's what the rule was specifically made for. So you're calling it on all these other soft bullshit uh, taunting rules, but that one you don't call. And it's obviously because it's Tom Brady, which is bullshit. But uh, he got owned. And obviously in the game, in the matchup that they had where it really mattered, which was last year in the playoffs, uh, Tom Brady got the better of the Saints. But in all other matchups, he has been, I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say he's been absolutely dominated by New Orleans uh, ever since he got to Tampa Bay, which is, you know, this is only his second year, but you know what I mean. He's been, he's been dominated. He, he, he could not get anything going. The Buccaneers couldn't get anything going uh, offensively on the ground or through the air. To make matters worse, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the year. Mike Evans left the game. He was hurt. Leonard Fournette left the game, didn't return. He was hurt. So they lost their three most valuable weapons on offense. Obviously, that doesn't help things. But regardless, the Saints in the regular season have had Tom Brady's number. So it's very impressive what they've been able to do against him. 9-0. Disgusting game. Taysom Hill stinks. Very impressive win by the Saints. Their defense deserves all the credit in the world. But Taysom Hill stinks. The games last night on Monday, two of them, Raiders, Brown, Carlson, kicking a game-winning field goal to beat the uh, Cleveland Browns. They fall to or Nick Mullins. I said Nick Mullins was playing for the Niners. Nick Mullins is playing for Cleveland. He was the third stringer. Um, Garoppolo played for San Francisco, so my bad. I think Nick Mullins was on the Niners, though, right? Is that why I got that confused? Um, I'm pretty sure he was on the Niners at some point uh, and playing last year, so that's my bad. But he did start. It was for Cleveland, so uh, they lose this game 16-14. to And let's look at the AFC North because it got very complicated uh, very quickly. So in a division where it seemed like the, the Ravens had some wiggle room, that wiggle room is gone. There is no more wiggle room. Uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore are both 8-6, and six, but Cincinnati owns the tiebreaker. So they're first, Baltimore second, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh is 7-6-1, and one, and Cleveland is 7-7. Seven and seven. So all within a game of each other in the loss column, it's, it's like that's, I think, the tightest division in football pretty comfortably the tightest division in football. The NFC West is pretty close. Uh, the Cardinals are 10 and four Rams are nine and four possibly could tie them. And San Francisco's eight and six and Seattle's there at five and eight. And they're obviously never a tough, a, an easy game. So they don't really have a chance to make the playoffs, but they are uh, definitely a, a challenge when you play them. So tough loss to the Browns. Obviously, you're having your third string quarterback play. That's never fun. So Raiders are also seven and seven. The second game, uh, just an atrocity that we have to watch. We've had to watch as football fans watch 
the Bears play on primetime so many times this year. I mean, they've had multiple Sunday night and Monday night football games, and it has been gross. And now the Raiders and Browns, that was the one that was moved. Vikings-Bears was always the schedule. That was always the original Monday night football game, which is horrible to think about. I mean, the Bears suck. Justin Fields, I give the kid some wiggle room. It's his first season. It's been kind of like a, a roller coaster of a year. Your coach has been on the hot seat pretty much since preseason, so that's never tough. You didn't get the starting job to start because the coach promised Andy Dalton he'd be the starter. So yeah, you had to come in middle of the season and and kind of get into a flow, which is never obviously ideal for a rookie quarterback, which is what happened with Tua last year. And we saw what happened. He they decided to replace Fitzpatrick with Tua, and Tua was struggling a lot and hasn't really hit his stride until now. So it's not good for a rookie quarterback, uh, his, his physical play and his mentality to come in after a few weeks of the season when, when he wasn't supposed to be the starter and now have to be the starter. So I, I'm giving Justin Fields a bit of a leash here. Um, I would imagine, I mean, his best game of the year came when Matt Nagy was out with COVID. So I, I think that <laughs> that's not a coincidence. It re- I really don't think it is. Uh, he, he needs to be rid of Matt Nagy and have a head coach that's going to play to his strengths because I feel like Matt Nagy just does not know how to have a quarterback that is as dynamic as Justin Fields can be. Next year is really going to be the the grading period for Justin Fields uh, because if I, if I were to be super critical of him right now, I'd say he's just plain out, flat out not good. Inaccurate with the football, indecisive, and sometimes his football IQ is just shockingly low in terms of like when to throw the ball away and uh, other stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's not, I'm not saying that. Like, obviously, you can critique him on a couple of those things, but I do think a large, a large part of it could be the coaching and just the volatile circumstances that he's in this year. So I'll, I'll give Justin Fields some. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence has struggled. Uh, he is not like the phenom promised child that, he was made out to be coming into the league. I think he's definitely had a lot of problems catching up to the speed of the NFL in terms of his decision making and then also just literally how fast everyone is running because he used to be able to casually outrun uh, like defensive backs and safeties and linebackers and defensive ends, pretty much anyone on defense. He could outrun a lot of them you know he had some really impressive runs where he went streaking in Clemson and it just doesn't happen in the NFL like he gets chased down by D tackles when he steps up in the pocket and then tries to like take off for a couple yards he will get caught by his feet by defensive tackles which just did not happen to him in college so I do think the NFL speed is still a bit of a problem for Trevor Lawrence Obviously, when you talk about, I said with Justin Fields and the Bears, the volatility of that situation, 
There is nothing that was more volatile than the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Urban Meyer was obviously a, a train wreck. Uh, there was no real leadership. There was constant in-house fighting and bickering, according to all these reports. So it was just very, very toxic work environment, which is, again, obviously, not ideal for a rookie quarterback. So these two guys, I give with, you know, I take their, or I look at them and, and criticize them with a grain of salt, knowing the situations that they were in. Next year is going to be a little bit more strict in terms of if they continue to perform like they have this year, huge red flag if that happens. Trey Lance, haven't really seen anything of him. I think he played in like, what, one and a half games, so that doesn't really even matter or count. Uh, he's a, been a work in progress, and everyone knows he's, been a, he's supposed to be a work in progress, so nothing really to expect from him. Mac Jones, I think, has surpassed a lot of expectations. He did get a little bit exposed there in the past couple weeks with the fact that, yes, the Patriots beat the Bills, but he threw the ball twice, which is not flattering in terms of how you're making your case to be the best rookie quarterback in your class. Throwing the ball two times is not flattering because it kind of shows that the game plan doesn't really trust you to throw the football in that kind of weather. Or you can look at it and just say Bill Belichick's a genius. I don't, either way, like I can't really argue with you, uh, but he definitely is, I think, hands down, without a doubt, the best quarterback in this draft so far. He's easily having the best rookie year. So tonight we have again a couple games: Rams, Seahawks, Washington, Eagles. Both games at seven. Uh, should be fine. Uh, as far as the playoff picture goes, things are getting kind of nuts. Uh, the AFC playoff picture is insane. Tons of teams with very similar records. You have Kansas City at the top with at 10 and 4, New England and Tennessee at 9 and 5, and then Cincinnati jumped up to the 4th seed. All these teams are 8 and 6 from the 4th seed to the uh the 8th seed. Cincinnati, Indianapolis, the Chargers, Buffalo and Baltimore are all eight and six. And then nine is Pittsburgh at seven, six, and one. Vegas, Miami, Cleveland, and Denver are all seven and seven. So it, it is a, aside from the top three seeds right now that have at least a couple of game leads, Cincinnati, I mean, uh, Kansas City's okay right now. Obviously, they're 10 and four, they have the top spot. New England and Tennessee have a little wiggle room. But everyone else is like neck and neck from the fourth seed to the 13th seed. And you can't, Tennessee and New England shouldn't feel comfortable either. So it is incredibly tight in the AFC. As for the NFC, it gets a little muddy down in the bottom, but it's kind of starting to thin out in terms of how many spots can really be solidified. Um, The Packers have clinched. Officially, they are the first team to have clinched a playoff spot. They are 11 and 3. Dallas moved up to the two seed. They're 10 and 4. Tampa Bay is 10 and 4. Arizona's 10 and 4. Those are the top four seeds. The Rams are 9 and 4. San Francisco is 8 and 6. Minnesota, New Orleans, both 7 and 7. Washington drops down from a playoff spot. They drop down to 9 at 6 and 7. And Philly is also 6 and 7. So those two teams there. Uh, Philly and Washington, 
that game tonight is going to mean a lot in terms of who's going to be able to keep pace and who is kind of screwed in terms of the playoffs. Because uh, they can fight for that last spot, that that seventh seed. It is possible for them to sneak in there. New Orleans is somehow still alive. I thought they'd be dead long, long ago, but they have fought back. Obviously, a huge win against Tampa Bay. Uh, but whereas the AFC is like the top seed is is might be solidified right now with Kansas City, and then you have New uh, New England and Tennessee. And then it's just a dogfight between like 11 teams for 13 or uh, 11 teams for like five spots, whatever it is. Uh, it, it is it is tight. It is really tight. And then with the NFC, you kind of got like your top five seeds solidified. Um, obviously, the Rams can still flip flop with the, the Cardinals, but right now they're the four five seed. And then Tampa Bay. No one's going to catch them in the South. New Orleans is there at the bottom uh, of the playoff race, but they're not going to catch them for the division lead. And Dallas is running away with the East, obviously, and Green Bay is running away with the North. So one through five, again, kind of solidified. San Francisco making um, a big push at eight and six. They kind of really bounced back from their slow start. And then after that, so you really only have like that one seven obviously San Francisco's still trying to uh distance themselves from the the last wild card spot but right now in the NFC the seventh seed is what a lot of these teams are fighting for whereas the AFC is seeds four through seven can be any mixed match of teams like I said there's like 10 or 11 teams fighting for essentially seeds Two through seven. Let's be real here. Because the Titans and the Patriots are sharing their division with the Bills and the Colts that are currently all four of those teams are in the playoffs. But there is no reason to not believe that the Colts can leapfrog the Titans or the Bills can leapfrog the Patriots. Uh, And if other teams win like Baltimore or even Vegas and Miami or even Cleveland or Denver, who knows how the last few games... uh, end up but next week if you really want to kind of make yourself comfortable in the playoff picture Tennessee and New England should win um it's insane this playoff picture it really is in terms of other sports like I said you got the NHL shut down the NBA is kind of in disarray here uh like Nets Wizards was postponed tonight uh the Knicks are 13 and 17 and they've played a couple games since last week, which is what I was saying after they lost to the Warriors. They should beat the Rockets. They did. They could beat the Celtics, but it might, you know, chalk it up as lost. They lost. They should beat the Pistons tonight. They got to beat the Wizards. Hawks, they could beat. Wolves, they can beat. Pistons, they should beat again. And the Thunder, they should beat. I said in that eight-game stretch, they need to go 6-2 and two to kind of right the ship. Because right now, they're sitting at 13-17. and 17. So I would like to see the Knicks go on like a four or five game win streak here before the month ends. We'll see. Uh, Anthony Davis, that's some news I guess is worth mentioning. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to miss significant time with an MCL strain, I believe it is. MCL sprain, I don't know why I said strain, but he's uh, it's a sprain. He'll be out multiple weeks. 
Uh, whereas the Suns just got Devin Booker back and they play tonight at 10. Uh, Phoenix is 24 and 5. They're unbelievable again. And the Lakers are 16 and 15. So trying to avoid 500, but the Suns are good. So I doubt it. Just a quick thing with the Pelicans. They're 10 and 21. I'm just looking at the games that are on tonight. That's why. They're 10 and 21. Uh, when are we going to throw that bust label on Zion? I understand he had a great year last year, mostly healthy. Obviously, his rookie year, he suffered some injuries, only played 24 games, and it took him forever to finally make his debut. And then he was pretty healthy in the shortened COVID year in 2020, played 61 games. Um, I think that's pretty much all of them, right? Because it's usually 82 games. Like, he had, like, a healthy season. Um, put up crazy numbers, super efficient, uh, showed why he was the number one pick. But now this year, still hasn't played. We are two months, two and a half months into the season, uh, about to be three. Still hasn't played because of a foot injury, which is alarming, obviously, because he relies on his bounce and athleticism, and a foot injury isn't something that's ideal for someone like that. And on top of it, he looks like he has put on a ton of weight. So what kind of shape does he come back in? What can we expect from Zion Williamson. I might be a little overcritical, but I think it's just a question that needs to be posed. What can we expect from him when he comes back? Is he going to be, I, I really highly doubt he's going to be the same guy we saw last year. And even that guy that we saw last year wasn't the same as the same guy we saw at Duke. So he's concerning me a bit and I want him to succeed. I'm not a hater. I'm not saying I knew this all along, blah, blah, blah. No, I thought Zion was a freak. He was the clear number one overall pick. Uh, I, I think he had the potential to be a generational talent. And injuries have been a problem for him. As of the other week, actually, Zion has now missed more games in the NBA than played. Um, from a couple of websites here, Zion, as of December 10th, the, a couple of websites, one is fadeawayworld.net, which is like kind of reputable, I would say. They're pretty decent. Um, as of December 10th, he's missed 86 games and has played in 85. So, and that's, now it's obviously more than that. It's probably a couple more than that. But it's, it's not good, man. Obviously, that's not a stat you want to hear if you're a fan of Zion. Like, he's a freak. He's fun to watch. He's electric. He's box office material. <laughs> I wish he didn't go to New Orleans. I really do. I really do. You could expect basketball content to definitely ramp up on this podcast. Uh, right now, it's kind of taking a backseat. To be completely truthful, uh, watching regular season NBA basketball has, has been uh, painful this year. I don't know what it has exactly to do with. If it's the marketing, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea, but I just, I have very little interest in watching regular season basketball. Um, obviously, that content will ramp up as football season winds down, but it is, it's tough. Obviously, I'm going to have to suck it up and watch, but and not like I haven't watched any games. Obviously, I watch the Knicks, but it, it's national televised games. Like, I'll probably watch the Suns and Lakers on mute tonight while I do other stuff 
or watch something else on like YouTube or whatever or a different show that I'm watching. So it's whack. It is kind of whack uh, and it's upsetting. But as for the future scheduling, um, Monday I put out the my review for Spider-Man No Way Home. If you haven't listened to that, please do. If you've seen the movie, of course. If you haven't, then go see it and then come back. But I, I was courteous. I waited till after opening weekend was done. Spider-Man ended with the second highest domestic box office opening weekend of all time. Second only to Avengers Endgame, which beat it by like $150 million, which is insane. Because they had... Uh, no Way Home did like $230 million at the box office. Easily the highest grossing uh, opening weekend of all Spider-Man films. It was an incredible movie, incredible experience. Uh, so you can hear all my thoughts on that episode. Again, I put it out on Monday. So should be like the, the first episode after this one or whatever. Please, of course, if you haven't, uh, for the podcast in general, five stars, comment if you want. I really appreciate it. It always helps. Uh, but anyway... Next week, I will probably not be doing a full podcast. It'll just be a, a shorter podcast reviewing the Hawkeye series. Uh, the series finale is actually Wednesday night. So I'll be doing that. I'll drop that. Uh, obviously, it's Christmas this Saturday, and it, it's a, a busy week. So we'll do the Hawkeye series that next week after Christmas, so next Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever it is that I decide to put it out. We'll do the Hawkeye series and then take a break until after the new year, which is just that next weekend. Um, So we have this episode, the 28th or 29th will be the Hawkeye series, and then we'll be back to our regular episodes on uh, January 5th. So that's the plan for this holiday break. can't blame me. It's the holidays. People want to relax and enjoy. So there you go. That's the move. Regular episode, Hawkeye, back to regular episodes on the 5th. So that'll do it for this episode of From My Point of View. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you as always. I'll talk to you next week where we dive into the Hawkeye series. And then after that, back at it on January 5th. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Everyone stay safe. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to you all next Wednesday.